Hi, welcome to episode 488 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm David Elliott, and I think the president should nominate me to be on the Supreme Court. Whoever he nominates isn't going to get approved anyway, so it might as well be me. Today, it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 59, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 488, from November 2002. The Ever-Lovin', Blue-Eyed, End of the World, Part 3, by guest writer Adam Warren and guest artist Kieran Grant. The issue begins at the Baxter Building, the heavily damaged Baxter Building. By this point, the whole building should collapse. This does not look like a stable situation, but there's the FF, still there, Sue's holding her baby, Reed and Johnny are working on some kind of device, and they finish the gadget, Reed calls it a super gadget. Well, it was a very clever name. He says even he can hardly understand the super gadget, which he worked on with his friends, a group of Reed Richards's from other alternate realities. In the last couple of issues, Reed sent Bingham into a pocket universe with a group of rapidly multiplying crazy thing-like rock monsters, and they should be coming back into the real Marvel universe any time now, so they better be ready. Reed explains the device, saying, This apparatus is designed to create a limited region of so-called virtual time, a field within we can manipulate an altered emulation of time's passage. In this, we'll be doing some serious fast-forwarding of chrono flow to see what this leftover piece of Ben's dermal shell will evolve into, given a span of thousands of virtual years. Sue says, Ah! Johnny says, Huh? And Valeria says, Ick? Smart Alec, little baby. So Reed takes this lump of rock from Ben's thing body and puts it into the machine to see what happens. And back in the pocket universe... The evil things are going around looking for Ben Grimm because they want to clobber him. Just then, Ben jumps out with some kind of makeshift sword and chops one of the rock monster's arms off. And then one of the good rock monsters, who met up with Ben last issue, tosses a balled-up car at another and cracks his body apart. The good thing notices more thing larvae on Ben's body, and Ben brushes them off. The larvae have been turning into the evil thing monsters. Ben turns back into his human form figuring that will stop him from creating more rock monsters for the time being. The good rock monster sees this and admits to being creeped out by seeing Ben shed his rock monster body. So then, Ben turns back into the thing, as if it's more important to make good things feel comfortable than stopping the creation of more bad things. So they rejoin the group of other good things, I really hate saying that, as they find metal and create more weapons. There's another report from the future TV, with newscast from the future, where the guy says, The residents of Yancey Street openly celebrated upon hearing reports of Ben Grimm's demise. If that's true, the people of Yancey Street really are assholes. So Ben and the good things meet up with a group of evil things again, and yes, time for more fighting. One of the bad things says that if Ben likes to change back and forth to human, now he can change back to being dead. Is changing back to dead a thing? Back with Reed, he's testing out that chunk of orange rock from the thing, and he speeds it up 3,000 years. And it expands to a very large size. Back in the pocket universe, 
the good things have the higher ground, and they're pelting the bad things with those rolled-up metal balls that were cars and smashing a bunch of them to pieces. The bad things start throwing back stuff back, and some of the good things get smashed. And the thing and the rest of the good rock monsters leap down with their handmade swords and axes, and it's clobberin' time. The whole three-issue story is one long clobberin' time, really. Back at the Baxter building, Reed is back on the interdimensional Skype, chatting with the other Reed Richardses, trying to come up with something, discussing Ben's rocky body and why it's replicating. Someone makes a suggestion, and Reed's like, No, that's not acceptable. Back in the pocket universe, the War of the Things goes on and on and on for page after page. It feels like this story is really being dragged out. Three issues for this? That must be how many issues they had to kill before the new creative team were ready to start the book. Back in the Baxter building, Reed finally suggests to Sue that they take Valeria to a safer location. Well, finally, they're in a building that's missing a huge chunk of it. It should have collapsed already and killed them all. But now the things are supposed to be coming back soon from the pocket universe, and they want to get away now, finally. And the pocket universe does come back immediately, merging with the regular universe, thus repairing the damaged Baxter building, even though there's still a lot of cracks. But just like that, it's repaired. I guess Mark Wade wanted to use the Baxter building. All the good and bad things appear as well, and they're still fighting. Now, if the two universes merged, what happened to all the futuristic buildings in the pocket universe? Huh. The future TV is back as well, and the guy is saying, A nightmare truly began in earnest when the Legion of Thing iterations returned to our universe. How they really need to turn that TV off. It's getting annoying. The rest of the Fantastic Four join Ben in facing off against the evil rock monsters. But just then, that big hunk of Thing rock, which was accelerated thousands of years in Reed's device, starts to glow. Ben says it tingles. The bad things have voices in their heads. Is it God? They ask themselves. Reed says the hunk of rock has evolved to have complete control over its form and substance and control over its ancestors, namely Ben and the other rock monsters. Under the light from the hunk of rock, the evil things all crumble into pieces. The future TV, which never seems to be right, now says that the FF saved the day. Reed goes on to explain that every time Ben turned back into human form, the dermal's shell ceased to exist and acted as a catalyst to trigger his skin's replicative and mutative process. Ugh. And so, that big hunk of rock stopped the process, as Reed explains, and took away Ben's ability to turn back into a rock monster. Once again, I think Mark Wade didn't want Ben to have the ability to turn back and forth to human anymore. I kind of like that he could change back and forth. His bitching and moaning about being stuck as the thing has gotten so old... But I guess it's going to start again. Ben's reaction to hearing this news is, What? And that is where the issue ends. And the end of the ever-loving blue-eyed end-of-the-world story that went on way too long. Three issues? It could have been done in one issue. Of the 60 or so pages, half of them were Ben fighting rock monsters and rocks flying everywhere. Very, very repetitive. It would have been a lot better as a one or even two-part story, but three? Oh, that's way too much. And the one thing that irks me the most about the future TV, you know, a device like that could be very useful in the future for fighting crime and preventing tragedies and such, but I don't think we ever even see it again. Sometimes they make Reed's inventions too powerful. It's like when they give Superman crazy powers, like spinning the world around and turning back in time. You would think Superman would use that power all the time. Like, how about in Superman 2? 
turn the world back in time and stop the Phantom Zone from breaking apart. Or in Superman 3, turn the world around and go back in time and stop Richard Pryor from agreeing to be in that damn movie. So the future TV should be able to warn the FF whenever anything bad is about to happen. So of course, they never use it again. You know, it could be very useful. For example, let's say Sue is about to be replaced by a scroll. Wouldn't the future TV tell them that? Or what if Captain America is about to be killed? Shouldn't the future TV tell Reed to be there on the spot and stop it? I guess they just forgot all about the device from here on out. Coming next issue, a new era for the Fantastic Four with new writer Mark Wade and new artist Mike Weiringo and the introduction of lower case letters for the first time. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at podcastff, or you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. I'm more than a bird. I'm more than a plane. I'm more than some pretty face beside a train. And it's not easy.